dead or something? What are you? Poor boy, you must have wandered here by mistake somehow. Beasts and humans occupy different worlds, you see. We were out amusing ourselves in the human world when we came across this young lady. And what, you kidnapped him? We didn't take him, he followed us. He's my apprentice as of today. What? Breakfast time! Stop already! I hope you are ready for some serious training! <laughs> now show me how you did that. Be your master. <laughs> Let my movements tell you what to do. Good luck with that, kid. Never had a human customer before. How long are you staying, then? I don't know. Don't talk to your master like that! Then start acting more like a master! What?! You need to grab hold of the sword that's in here, in your soul! He isn't doing too badly, actually. Not badly at all. Much better than I would have expected from a human. like that too. Like I've got so much anger inside me, my heart is going to explode with it. And it's not just us. Everyone feels it. I'm not gonna lose! Fight to the tattoo! You've got a bullet! Don't let him overpower you! Give him everything you've got! Welcome everyone to anime explaining. Hey, look at all of these animal people. That one's a bear, and I think that one's a boar. It's episode number four. Boo! <laughs> is there even a boar in the movie? Yes, there actually is. Okay, good. <laughs> or he's more Pigman, and by Pigman, he's kind of just he looks like. Some of the, I will spoil this, some of the character designs get a little bit lazy, and one of the guys just looks like a normal dude, except he has a pig nose. So I'll count <laughs> him as a boar. So what you're saying is that they're no boar. But anyway, we are, this is the episode for June. We are going to be watching The Boy and the Beast, and we are changing things up slightly, because one, Andy has not seen this movie, and two, we have a new host to bring into the anime fold here with Daisy who Yay. has seen anime but not a whole lot right Daisy kind of a, I grew up with it a little bit here and there um, but I've been more uh, regular in watching since the streaming services came into my credit card purchases every month <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we also have Tina, Marlon, and Joey, as per normal, um, to go into the most recent movie of what we've done so far. Boy and the Beast is from Mamoru Hosoda, who is most famous for directing basically all of Digimon from 1999 to 2001, including the... The Digimon movie, well, at least the portion of it that most people remember with the the hacking and the nuclear bombs. But <laughs> aside <laughs> like from that, Digimon lore. Aside from that, he has 
had a decent career. Um, he worked on One Piece because every anime director at some point has worked on One Piece <laughs> and worked on Samurai Champloo, but mainly he's been working in movies. Uh, first movie was The Girl Who Leapt Through Time after Digimon, obviously. Um, then went on to Summer Wars, which was one of the choices previously, and Wolf Children, and this is the most recent movie comp that has reached the States, The Boy and the Beast. So everyone has watched the trailer, I guess. Joey, since you watched the trailer most recently, what do you think you are going to get out of this movie? I'm a little bit scared because I actually got really excited watching the trailer. The music at the end got me kind of hyped up. The animation is really good. It really stands out. And, I mean, being a pro wrestling fan, it, it felt kind of pro wrestling-y. So, yeah, I'm excited, which means it will might probably be terrible. Daisy, since you tend to be a little more positive on things. <laughs> I do. What, what are you kind of expecting out of this movie? And have you seen any of the other works? Like, di are you a Digimon fan? Did you watch Samurai Champloo? Have you seen any of the other movies that were mentioned? I have not seen any of the other stuff. I'm mostly fairy tale kind of person, but um, let's see kind of what I'm looking forward to here. Um, I, one of my favorite tropes is that found family kind of thing with a family of choice. So I can definitely see that in the preview, at least. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, huge fan of training montages, I must say. So super excited for that. But I know that it's probably just going to be the quick first part and then We'll get into the, it looks like there's arena kind of action going on. So that'll be fun. But um, definitely can pick on that commentary on masculinity. masculinity. Um, and so that'll be interesting. I, I kind of took a little peek at some article headlines that were out there out of curiosity. So it'll be interesting to see how, what they have to say in that regard. Um, but with any any a movie that's kind of like this coming of age story um i where i kind of put my uh, measuring stick is are the emotions forced or are they allowed to develop naturally so that's what i'll be looking at here so i guess continuing to go down the line marlin i was already excited because he told me he directed digimon which i dragged my brother and his friends to see in theaters which they lamented by the way and i don't blame them but Saying he did Samurai Shampoo as well, now you have me excited. Samurai Shampoo, it's... I'm one of the few people that enjoy it more than Cowboy Bebop, and I feel like it's because of that animation. The animation is very smooth, very slick. He has a very nice style that I look forward to seeing here. And yeah, that's it. I'm pretty much going to be suckered in by the animation. If the story is good, great. But I watch anime for the visual, so I'm here for some pretty stuff. And Andy, you have not seen this movie, and... We've tended to watch uh, watch a bit of stuff, including watching most of Ride Your Wave, which was sadly not very good. Oh. So, <laughs> what are you hoping to get from this movie? First, I will say in the trailer, uh, I whoever put that together, I got to give them some credit for the um, 
the color scheme that they do. It, it's very obviously going to have some level of coming of age story to it, um, but they do a very good job of having the darker, more earthy muted colors at the beginning of the trailer where the child's obviously at the uh, dark point in his life. And it, progr it progressively becomes more and more vibrant and bright almost to the end where it becomes a little bit darker again. Hmm. So I have my own storyboard here of uh, what I'm calling uh trope bingo uh that i'll be watching with to see how many of the plot points i'm guessing uh and so far this is all just from watching the trailer this is what i have so far a lostling is found and adopted by an unlikely parent yep. obvious tournament arc coming of age story beast dad dies at the end and gives a profound realization to the boy and there will be someone he barely knew from his childhood who he will meet and become a love interest again I hope you're wrong about the death. Mm. I don't. I can't handle any more animals dying. And Tina, without spoiling things, since you have seen this movie, are you excited to see this movie again? Slash, how much do you remember of it from watching it like three or four years ago? You give me a lot of credit <laughs> <laughs> that I remember any of this movie. <laughs> I vaguely remember liking it. Um, I actually watched the trailer again right before this, before we hopped on, just to kind of give me a refresher. I was like, oh yeah, this is what this movie is. Um, and I remember liking it. It was it was very well done. The music is great. The storyline, I think Andy has a lot of the storylines down. <laughs> um, and I just I just remember, it, like, it's one of the few anime movies, like, one of those things like Tony, you make me watch a lot of things I don't like, but I remember liking this, so I'm excited to watch it again and, and get the refresher of it. So, there you go. It seems that a lot of us are positive on this, so we will get to watching it and we will return with the actual review portion. All right, so thank you, everyone. That is right. that is it. <laughs> It'll be a nice palate cleanser after perfect blue over there. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, you clean up nicely, cute, huh? Shut up. Now, watch and learn. <laughs> eh, that wasn't bad. Got that? Huh? Your turn. <gasps> what do you mean? Go on, give it a try. Stop it. That's enough. Well, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> you crack me up. What aren't you doing wrong? It's my first time, okay? I'll get better. <laughs> it's my first time. No, you don't say. <laughs> hey, shut up. He can't just look at you and then do it. You have to explain how it's done. Explain? That's what it means to be the master. Then I'll explain. Listen up. First, you grip your sword. Okay? Then it's a whoosh and a bang. Got it? Uh, I, I don't know. It's easy. 
and then it's just a whoosh and a bang. Okay? G grip it? Yeah, like this. Grip, grip. No, 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 no. Grip. See? Grip. No, no, no. Grip. Yeah? Grip. No, 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 no. This is beginner stuff. How hard can it possibly be? This isn't working. What? I can't learn if you're not going to teach me right. What's there to teach? Just do it. I can't. Do it! I can't! Oh, stubborn boy! Find a way to explain it to him. Try using different words. Fine, I'll think of some. But I don't see what's wrong with the ones I used. You need to grab hold of the sword that's in here, in your soul. You have one, don't you? What? You don't make any sense. How much clearer do you need me to make it for you? You grab the sword. That's in your soul. Okay, now do it. Do it! We are back after watching Boy and the Beasts. There were... There were boys. There were beasts. There was a hat. And a whale. <laughs> I think there should be more elaboration on that, because I did not like the road that went down. The hat or the whale? <laughs> just it, there was a boy, there was a beast. I I just don't like that road. Well, well, there was, he said boys. It's very wholesome. <laughs> the hat makes it wholesome. It is not totally. after after last month us watching what Perfect Blue. Let's let's elaborate. This movie is for children. Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, we could give a bad description of it. A boy runs away from home and meets a beast in a dark alley who forces him into a magical land. <laughs> and then forces him to be, like, his his apprentice, which I would say, like, kind of his... No, he wasn't really his slave. It was, like, his house, his house boy. His young boy. He, had, yeah. he has to clean the ring. So, Joey, offline, I said that Hasoda was more like the Ron Howard of anime compared to, like, a Steven Spielberg type. Do you see that analogy with this movie? Did this feel like a Ron Howard-type movie? I do. Because, uh, I mean, you get... It's pretty easy to take the main talking points home, and it does feel a little more formulaic than the movies we had watched previous. Yeah, so I guess I'll go around the horn then. <laughs> I, Joey, what did you think of the movie? It did. It was... It was an easy watch. I did fall asleep twice. Oh. That's, because, that's because I was watching it while trying to deal with a four-year-old daughter and it doesn't always go well. But other than that, it was the ending actually hooked me. I liked the ending a lot. It caught my attention very well. And the story was fun. It's, it didn't leave me questioning everything like perfect blue did it didn't <laughs> or it didn't make me ashamed that i watched it i guess like perfect blue did or redline did princess mononoke i didn't feel ashamed so at least princess mononoke was probably up there with this it's funny that you mentioned that the ending hooked you because that's about when it lost me. It became super cliche by that point. And it was all about, we have this dark energy inside us <laughs> and it's us, about to us overcome this dark feelings. And it was very, every anime I've seen has done that before. It started off with a very good story about a dude learning to be a parent. And I, I really dug that aspect of it. He learns to be a parent 
and he's through that he's being taught by his kid and that's really cool it's everything in the human world that i honestly did not care for i, I did not care about his life back in the world without the beast well i think because i think what i took from it marlon was the movie isn't really about the beast or i, I forget I, I forget his name. It starts with a K and it's long. Matetsu. Thank you, Tony. I'm not going to be able to say that again. But it means bear in Japanese, if mm-hmm. that makes it easier. Okay. But either way, I don't think it was, it's, it's mainly about Ren or uh, Kyoto or Kyoto, Kyoto, Kyoto. And I mean, it's mainly just following his story. And what I got from the ending, why I liked it is, it's not necessarily that Bear is such a great parent. It's that Ren learns to embrace his humanity. And he learns to embrace what made him and appreciate all that helped mold him. And he still embraces the fact that he is human while the other boy who denies his humanity, no matter how well he's taught and how well um, he has a more, more normal childhood, Unfortunately, he's still in denial, and that's where this comes out, where it just manifests into this super aggression that it turns into. The beasts were the more civilized creatures in this case, and it turned out it was a human kid that was the most bloodthirsty of everyone. Daisy, uh, mm-hmm. what did you think of the kind of discrepancy between the the like set, the first and third act? Like, where where do you fall in this Marlon Joey debate? So I I generally do not rewatch movies just because it's like movies bring you on such a roller coaster of emotions and it's like, oh, no, I don't want to go through that again. But this one, it's it's so chill throughout and it for the most part doesn't make sense to my brain on the first viewing because it's like all I feel like it's just this whole pastiche of different pieces and so I actually, like, I think I mentioned it to you last night. I could see myself watching this a few times just in the background. So that, that was surprising. But, uh, yeah, it's something that I, I enjoyed. Um, it's not going to be one of my favorites. But I could see watching this again, for sure. Tina, to follow up on Daisy, if this mm-hmm. movie were just randomly on on cable... Would you find yourself watching it? Probably. It's a good, like, I mean, it's the second time we've watched it. And I mean, I didn't remember anything that happens because once I watch a movie, I kind of forget about it. Um, <laughs> but, but I still, I still enjoyed it. It's still, you know, I know the third act kind of falls apart, but it's still a pretty wholesome movie. Finally, we get to Andy because this is a movie where. Pretty much I was the only one who remembered watching it, and you hadn't seen it. And since I watched it with you, I know for a fact that you came more negatively on the movie. So, how did you feel about this? So, I, I you know, I, I will admit I did come across a bit negative while watching it. Part of that is because, you know, I've seen these stories enough times in the anime at this point where it starts to feel a little samey. Um, but overall, for what it is... I'd put this in like in the popcorn film thing. It's like, if you just wanted something to to watch and relax to, you know, the beat you're going to get. The animation is pretty. The voice acting is decent. The soundtrack is pretty nice. You're going to have a good time watching it. 
the problem mainly comes in the third act because the third act I think has a lot of story structure issues. So I don't have a lot of trivia on this movie because it hasn't been out for very long. It hasn't really made waves at all. Um, so it's kind of just sort of there. Um, so kind of gain into the plot, the movie starts with, um, with Ren, our main character, our anime protagonist. His mom has died in an unfor in a an unshown accident. So this truly is not a Disney movie. They said traffic <laughs> accident. At least in the Japanese version, they said traffic accident. Whatever killed mommy yeah. Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he briefly wanders the streets of Japan, only to find that these two beast people are, like, roaming around. He follows them, ends up in the beast world, can't go back, and then the movie happens, and we get a first act that is very much just a... not really the coming-of-age portion, because the coming-of-age portion they kind of save for the beginning of the second act. Uh, the first act is more just, like, Kumitatsu learning to kind of be a dad. Actually, three separate beasts learning to be dads. There are so many dads in this movie, a surplus of dads. Three, and... so there's more to Full House comparison there. <laughs> and Ren learning to kind of be his... be a good apprentice, sort of. Because him actually being a person on his own is safe for the second act. And, Joey, I'm a little confused, because personally I think that this is where the movie's strength is. Because, one, this is where you get the best animation in the movie, which is Kumatetsu mm. facing off against Eozen um, yeah. in the very first fight. But also, it's where the character work, I think, is best. Because you allow your two main characters to actually shine together uh one of the promos that this movie has is simply showing you the scene where kumatetsu is trying to teach him how to use the sword and that's a very very strong scene i think is it just the kind of generic aspect that made you fall short on the first act or or was there like anything specific that there's a couple you? things one the animation isn't going to hook... I mean, the story's going to hook me before the animation does. The animation is just basically... I go in knowing I'm watching a cartoon, so the animation's going to make little to no difference to me. The only time where the animation at all caught my eye was the whale at the end. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's not about that. It's the story is the first and most important thing. The beginning, right off the bat, kind of I have problems with because when... After his mom dies... Her family are sitting there telling him, hey, you're going to want for nothing. You're our only male heir. And and instead, because he's an eight-year-old boy and wants to lash out at the world, nope, I'm going to be a homeless nomad. And Well, that's not entirely and, fair because he has the whole rant about wanting to see his dad and them refusing to let him. They do. But then, so then they just say, hey, I mean... Life sucks, but we're still going to take care of you. Nope, we're going to let you wander the streets. Yeah, there's a line actually in the dub that 
is like really really cutting in that very first scene which is why do you want to see your dad your mother divorced him so obviously she didn't want to see him. <laughs> yeah that made my ears perk up pretty hard <laughs> yeah like, oof. like yikes and yeah so i mean the rest of the movie obviously like you never hear from the mom's family again even though he has the picture of his mom at the end so you don't know anywhere where that storyline is going so why even tell him like hey we're a rich family just ignore that just just act like my mom dies and then I'm just left to wander the streets because I'm upset. I think you didn't need that whole line of dialogue. And then Komatetsu does say, hey, you interest me, boy, and then walks away. And you say like, well, he's learning how to be a dad. It's like, no, he's just like, hey, I'm interested in this kid. And now I'm like, you're here. Oh, cool. Like. Do you want to keep doing this? No? Okay, well, I don't care. I'm just going to yell at you for no reason. I'm gonna, we're both going to yell at each other for no apparent reason. And that whole thing just was mostly kind of annoying. And it doesn't really start to pick up until uh, still Kyoto uh, starts uh, copying his movements and learning learning martial arts through his movements. That's when it really starts to pick up for me. That's kind of when the story like starts. It's like yeah, they kind of like click together and then they become a family almost. And that's just like it's a good it's a good start to a second act. I'm kind of going to get into this for saving something for later, but I feel that movies are about setups and payoffs. And a there are a couple things set up in this first act that I think overall do not really work for the movie. One of those is Ichiro Hiko as a character. Just another kid you kind of see along with Iozen's group. And it's obviously a human wearing a hat. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, who is that? <laughs> you can say words at me and names. I'm not going to connect them, though. <laughs> okay, kid wearing hat. Got it. Yep, kid in hat. Um, kid in hat. <laughs> So I guess, Daisy, what is your opinion of Ichiro Hiko and, like, seeing him for the first time? Um, let's see. So seeing him for the first time is definitely one of those characters that I just naturally gravitate toward because that's, those are the people we naturally gravitate toward in real life. Um, the people that are, he's like the people that are very empathetic, care about others. Um, have a high emotional quotient and so they that eq thing and so you know i'm i'm like invested in this character and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he changes Mm -hmm. and that was very jarring and i'm still not sure what to do with it yeah i mean i think they they kind of had to put that whole like they mentioned like oh we can't have a human in the beast world because of the darkness what about the darkness i think they had to like thrust that upon somebody and they kind of just made him the person or the thing to thrust that upon i think they showed it in a few different places but not very well uh for instance you know when the when our protagonist gets there uh the kid's one of the first people to call out why is a human here uh, we see it again yeah. as well when we get the flashbacks to him being raised. Uh, and this kind of goes to Joey's thing about identity later. I want to touch on again because we see the point where he's 
identity and trying to say, you know, dad, why aren't my tusks growing? Dad, why am I not getting stronger like Mm -hmm. you? And his father kept saying, don't worry, it will. And so I think that's what they're trying to show is not, not to disagree with you too much, Joey, but it's not about one of them being a better, accepting their humanity and one not. I think there's more of an undertone of showing, you know, uh, raising someone to be who they are naturally versus trying to convince them there's something they're not. Oh, exactly. That's, I mean, that's where I would say accepting humanity. So like he, Ichiro, I'm just going to say Ichiro because that's the start, but he, he doesn't accept being a human. He wants to be a beast, right? Mm-hmm. So that's and that's where the part of it is because he's trying to achieve something he can never achieve. Yeah, and I just think that there's importance to the fact that his surrogate father is trying to convince him he will be able to achieve it. Whereas with Kumatetsu, yeah. it's just, no, you're a human and you're weak, just deal with it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we get into this a lot, like where, I mean, this was my complaint about the previous three movies. There's not a lot of time spent on on certain characters. There's not always the most character development or as much as I would like to see. And in this one, yeah, I mean, who seems to be the main antagonist of the movie, there's not a lot of character development between them. You really don't even explore him until you try to explain why he kills Komatetsu or tries to kill Komatetsu. It's like, well, I discovered him as a baby in an alley, so I took him, and then there's this. But all you do is you, you see him in passing, and he seems like the nice brother. Because you can tell that he must be human too. Because you're t- obviously you can tell he's just this kid. Mm. In the sky. Yeah, and I agree with you 100 there, which is why I think the third act becomes problematic for me. Is there's no setup for the payoff they're seeking. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't really get any sort of like character development throughout the movie. He's just kind of there. Then all of a sudden, like it's not even an arc; it's like a peak. Like yeah, this is this is all this character <laughs> development in this montage of like what happened to him when he was adopted and grew up and then all of a sudden this is why he is but it's like they could have done that throughout the movie rather than just like this little montage so yeah i guess my question for all of you then would be is eozin a bad guy then since he raised him almost (laughs) what what turns out to be the wrong way on on some level i want to say yeah it's not intentional clearly but he keeps raising his expectations and keeping it that way until it's it's too late. He, his kid was going after something that was unattainable and he couldn't just tell him that from the jump. So now this kid grows up and he's disappointed and he lashes out because yeah, there's the darkness in him. There's the resentment in him, that darkness. And it's it had to come out sometime. Just that the other kid, he knew how to deal with his resentment from the jump. He had his disappointment when he was a kid. He didn't see his dad. He's been dealing with it his whole life. This guy is just now figuring out I'm not one of these things and I don't think this guy's even my father and he's lied to me my entire life mm-hmm. well I just wish that was set up better that's all it's, it's yeah. a decent enough story it's just that I thought the focus was on the, the bear and his apprentice and the tournament and training and getting better and learning for each other and I was really into that story and mm-hmm. even the kid coming back into the real world and learning how to operate there like a normal human as you put it, like an ordinary person and then oh we need a we need a bag guy we need an antagonist uh mm-hmm. this kid and it's gonna shove them into the scene and now we have a cgi thing to fight yeah i feel like they needed to like shoehorn in like you said kind of like uh they needed to shoehorn in a bad guy and they didn't want to make yo's the the super bad guy he, he couldn't be the baddie 
he ha- yeah. his kid had to be batty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I... was batty enough. Yeah. I think in a having 90s family comedies as a reference, I mm-hmm. think that if in a in a different parallel universe there is a world where they build into Eozen's character a little bit more where he's not necessarily a bad guy. He's like the dad who works too much. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, it, and then it do- just does that 90s family comedy thing of like, oh, well, you have the you have the father who's attentive and but kind of brash, and then you have the one who works all the time, but he's like successful and blah, 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 blah. It's like very... all the way, but flip. <laughs> The other thing that they set up is the idea of being the lord of this particular realm with teleporting rabbit, but they also go on a very brief quest to <laughs> to meet all of the other lords, which include uh, Telepath Baboon, mm-hmm. uh, Sexy Cat, <laughs> uh, uh, Rock Lady, and uh, who was the last one? Oh, Cartoon Seal. Yeah, <laughs> I like that little montage. The, the whole question of what is strength that that was a good question, and I thought that'd be the theme of the movie, and then it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like it was a good idea in theory, but it wasn't really like played out. Like it was a good scene <laughs> or a couple of scenes, and then it's just like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, all right, we're gonna learn the meaning of strength. Here we go. Oh no, that's not the story. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. I do feel like some of those lessons learned do, do come back around toward the end with the lesson or the the message of strength together. You know, especially with the red string and just the reminder of it's all the people that raised him um, and their strength, giving him strength. And um, so I think. <laughs> Some of those did come back, but it wasn't, it was very hard to see. I only remembered because I wrote them down because I knew we were going <laughs> to yeah, talk and... about this stuff. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I better write this down. Well, it was hard. I had to keep pausing because it was so fast. It was like one line. Okay, next. <laughs> oh, one line. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> how am I supposed to learn about true strength if you're doing this so fast? So... <laughs> Um, but I do, I did see, not that I could like kind of tell, list off any of them toward the end there, but I think he does try and bring those back around somehow and kind of weave them in, but sneakily. Mm-hmm. Well, you have, let's see if I can remember them off the top of my head. So, telepath, telepath baboon set is, um, true strength is an illusion. Um, I forget what sexy cat does. Um, or a sexy cat. We just asked him to pet him. <laughs> I think the the, yeah, tel- the, the baboon was uh, asking for help from others, um, for something that you're powerless to do yourself, because he oh, can scratch his back, he, right? Yeah, needs his back scratch. Oh no, that's the cat. Yeah. Oh, that's the that's, that's the, the cat. cat. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the reason why he's on the <laughs> on the little fainting couch. So, so that one, um, and then you have Rock Lady. Where that one doesn't really come back. It's just like sometimes I just stand here and pretend to be a rock. Oh, I'm a rock now. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I thought, I I thought, I thought it was more about patience than anything. 
This is more about the I strength mean, to just, you know, yeah. exist and wait and not be impatient. <laughs> or... so I think the, the last two come together because he's, when he's waiting for the whale yeah. to get right into the right spot. Oh, which two... is what this, the yeah. seal said that too, the timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all, all in the, the timing. timing. <laughs> <laughs> so they were all right. Every single one of them was right. Even. <laughs> and they kept pointing out at the end of, to the bad kid um, that, yeah, he's weak. He's emotionally weak. He's physically strong, could do all these things. But, of course, that's an illusion because he has this darkness in him that everyone has, and he couldn't hold it back. He couldn't deal with it the way everyone could, and that made him weak. He wasn't a beautiful, unique snowflake like he thought he was. Yeah. <laughs> and since we're kind of talking about the third act anyway, we can get into the second act, which is the... I guess we can talk about the, uh, we have a time skip going nine years. Uh, Ren is now 17 and he can fight decently. He finds a way back to the human world. He meets supportive girlfriend character, um, (laughs) in Kaide, who, and Daisy, I know you came out a lot, a little bit more positively on her, but Mm She kind of just Lisa Simpsons all over this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a compliment. Well, I, I understood her character's appearance because this was this was very much the jungle book. This was the jungle book, but mm-hmm. they added kung fu to it a bit. And that was kind of her role. She was the human connection. Here is this kid who's lost, and then a bear finds him. The bear raises him, and then the human girl takes him away. It's she she, she was expected and filled her role and and that was really it. Here's a human aspect you need to know. You need schooling. You need this. You need that in order to exist like the rest of us. So, yeah. But at least she had lines then. Because I don't think in Jungle Book, I think she's just, it's, it's all physical attraction yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So she actually had <laughs> lines. Hey, yeah, we're improving is, here. <laughs> this is definitely hey, a much defense, better version. In defense, she's a hell of a teacher. Because he goes in and he can barely read. All of a sudden, he can read Moby Dick, and then she also says, "Well, we get we need to apply you for college." And I mean, yeah. there's math and science too, and we'll learn these things in passing. But it's you like, know how to read. Oh, you can totally pa- take and pass these entrance exams that people spend decades studying for. Sure. Listen, he's probably yeah. getting into their equivalent of community college. It's not like he was going for like the best. <laughs> but I mean, if we want to nitpick to that extent, I mean, why don't we go down the route of he never figured out how to leave the village? It just happened, and he was never taught to come back. Yeah, there's that. Because like he when he finds the way out, well, that's just the thing is they say right at the beginning they have a very specific line. You have to take a very mm-hmm. specific set of alleys in the right order to get there. Yeah, but remember he was the homeless nomad when he was a little kid. He he knows the streets, Andy. Okay. He's, he's he knows what the markers for this way to magical beast land got it <laughs> he's just very good at directions oh no the way it's shot he's a homeless nomad for maybe a night yeah <laughs> yeah and then he sleeps in a, in a chicken coop so it works out but do you think it would have helped the movie to i I want to say, make the human connection care. Like, you can have your human connection character. That's fine. But I feel like they had to choose whether it be his biological dad or Kaide. You can't do both because both is too busy. Mm-hmm. Well, and, not only that, 
it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to really remember his dad, right? I mean, he was like, what, six at the time? And then he spent nine years without seeing another human. And he just recognizes his dad the first time he passes him on the street without an issue? Well, with his dad, he's actually told his address. So I can, ass- yeah. so you can infer that like he's he's scoped the place out. His dad recognizing him immediately—that's where I'm a little more like. But his dad does. His dad does well. right away. Yeah, take takes him a quick second because he asks him like, "Do you know who I am?" And then he walks away, and he's like, "Oh wait, where's dad?" Because the only thing is they didn't age his dad at all, so his dad still yeah. looks. Like- Young is like, wait, like, what are you meeting your brother? <laughs> In that aspect, that's that's kind of true. Adults, once we reach a certain point, well, we get like gray hair or something, but we don't look that much different. The kids got to look drastically different to his dad. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't blame him mm-hmm. for not recognizing him. And I was actually a little concerned that would be the end of that storyline and he would just go away and they wouldn't see each other again. I'm glad, I'm glad his dad recognized him. That made me happy. I, I sound like I'm coming up a lot more negative on this movie but it it's it's kind of always the aspect where a a mediocre to above average movie will normally give i will have more criticism for it than a bad movie because i can see where this movie could probably do better Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you have this entire plot line of him learning general schooling so i don't understand why you can have this aside of oh he he goes to the he's he's out again he does this a lot now now and not have it be because he's taking night school and maybe his dad is one of his teachers and it allows you to have an extended second act where you kind of mirror the first act well maybe maybe he was going to school in the beast world while he's fighting with all the other beast children Maybe. I don't, I don't <laughs> I mean, explain it, obviously. Yeah. But I you may have a point. It. They show all the beast people being fairly educated. They talk about reading and do math in the street. That's true. <laughs> Doesn't he go to school with that one pig kid that he has a mochi fight with him? I don't know if he has, goes to school with him. I think they just pass each other in the street. Uh, but maybe, that was a maybe big can, But they never... Ex- they, don't, they don't say it's not true. <laughs> can... <laughs> Or you can maybe assume, like, I mean, you have the one monk that sees him every day. Like, maybe they're teaching him something in passing. Like, I agree with Tony. I mean, there's there's ways where it takes one to two lines of dialogue. You can just quick add it in, and it it ties things together a little more, more cohesively. Yeah, I just assume they were all classmates, and that's how the kids kind of knew each other, right? Let's go to... Um, Daisy, since I gave you this question kind of in advance, <laughs> is is there a way... One, I guess, does the second and third act need to be salvaged with this movie? And if it does, how would you... How do you think you would salvage it? Hmm, that's a good question. I still haven't... Like, you gave it to me yesterday, and I still haven't been able to come up with enough of an answer. <laughs> I really, I just, I wanted to see more of the, the training montage and have it be more heavy on that end of things. And, like, the second act just dragged on for me, which is fine, because, I mean, it's that contrast of this exciting world and then you go back to the mundane slog. What, what can be a mundane slog um, in the real world? 
And so it was just, is that contrast and it, it did what it was supposed to do. Um, but a lot of things changed in those 10 years, those 10 years. So a lot of things changed and I, I didn't really feel like I got my bearings appropriately with the, how fast they moved through it. I kind of wanted, you know, a little, uh, an improvement in pacing in that regard. Because then maybe I could then make sense of, you know, the second act and third acts. Then if I had kind of gone through that transformation as a viewer. Agree. That's that's how I felt about it. I I really, I really wish we got to see it breathe more in those areas because that's the part that fascinated me the most. And I honestly thought the movie could have ended at the tournament. Yeah, the bear succeeded. We're happy. Cool. He didn't have to die for for no reason out of the blue. I that. It was cliche and kind of unfair at the same time. It felt like forced waterworks, if it were. Like, you need a sad moment now, so we, we chose to kill off the bear. And that not only do we have our cliche sad moment, we have our cliche big anime bad guy. Like, the, the third act suddenly becomes another movie entirely for me, and it, it loses mm-hmm. my interest. So more, more of that second act and more of that learning, more of that interpersonal relationship between the three dads and the kid. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. That's what I wanted. <laughs> Why not more of that? More relation, mm-hmm. more compare and contrast between his bear dad and his birth dad. More, see how does he fit more in one world and not with the other. That, that's where the heart of the project really was for me. Yeah, Tina, is there anything that you would have wanted possibly expanded upon? Or anything that you think they spent too much time on that would be better spent somewhere else? I don't know. I. <laughs> I'm not. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, because of the, yeah, I mean, you're kind of right with the third act kind of being an entirely different movie. So I wish they kind of had expanded a little bit more on if we're going to have this antagonist, like give him some sort of a backstory besides that little like random montage. Um, yes. Give him something, <laughs> uh, something for us to grasp onto and be like, why should we care about this character? Why should we care about this end? The end with the fight scene and the whale and whatever. And why is why do we care about this? Besides the fact that the dude killed his dad. <laughs> yeah, like more scenes like, of that kid and his dad. We Yeah. Other than the little like montage of him being like, Oh, you'll be a bore someday when he's really never going to be. And it's like I get I get the, like, internal anger kind of a thing and, like, how the, the whole darkness consuming you or whatever. Mm. But I, I just feel like they could have they could have done the second act and more just adding a little bit of, like, padding to that guy's, the antagonist story. Mm-hmm. And yeah. showing, maybe even showing the antagonist plus, like, him actually interacting with his dad because his dad, the only interaction we ever see with him is, like, besides the montage is... What's his face being like? Do you want to see some sword tricks? Oh, nope, gotta go. Bye. Like too busy. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't have time for you. Um, and that's like the only real interaction we see between him and his kids. So, besides the the very small backstory, I really wish we had seen more of him interacting. Yeah, and like, why does the montage like that montage have to come after? He's already changed. Like, why? I mean, yes. I want like little snippets that show that doubt of his. 
Yeah. yeah. The first part. Yeah. Like, I want to, I want to be able to see the doubt. Yeah. And I want to be able to see Clearly. like why, why he's kind of been enveloped in this darkness. Like besides the fact that his dad lied to him his whole life, but that doesn't really like explain a lot of what happened. And I just want to know a little bit more. So the bad guy was the weakest point of this movie. <laughs> Pretty felt- much. <laughs> the bad guy was kind of like wedged in there. Like, oh crap, we need a bad guy. Like the 25th hour. Like, no, you don't. You really don't. They really did. <laughs> like, it could have been fine without that whole thing. They, I honestly don't think they needed a villain. I actually agree with Marlon on this, where yeah. they could have just had the build to the third act be the upcoming fight between Kumatetsu and Iozen and mm-hmm. have the final real conflict being Ren trying to figure out, like, which world he wants to live in. Yes! That's what I thought <laughs> I mean, it was gonna be. <laughs> heck, even if you want to have a villain, there's so many simpler things they could have done with it. Like, have this whole thing where, you know, Yozen's this big benevolent, you know, entity about town. But then when they get into the match, you find out he's going to have the kid killed unless Kumatetsu sacrifices himself in the match. Yeah. Do something along those lines. Yeah, it's cheesy, but so is a kid turning into a magical whale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the human kid of all kids, too. Like, where did he... yeah. powers? Because it was very... I, I, I appreciate this about the animation. It was very grounded in reality. It was human bodies with animal heads. So you got to see their musculature and the fur on top, and it was really cool. And the fighting looked like very real fighting. Like, they had people... They just drew over or something. And then comes the magical element. And suddenly this kid could turn into a whale. And that's... Uh, that's where he that, me. And he has no reason to be a whale, except for the, the, our main character, Red Moby Dick, which that yeah. character doesn't even know about. No, right. he does know about it because he picks he does, up yes. Moby Dick in the street, opens to a random page, sees that there is a mention of a whale, and decides to be a whale. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Could have been a Native American guy or something. Could have been any but, other character, but he's the whale. Yeah, yeah but this is, this is definitely part of the third act, which I can best describe as a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. not only do you have that, but you also have when they first run away from Ichiro Hiko as a giant whale, they end up in the, su- in the subway and... They get on a train, and Kaide gives this emotional speech about how she's found fulfillment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Ren is going like, oh, obviously what I need to do is absorb the whale energy into myself and then stab <laughs> myself. That will work. Yeah. Totally <laughs> makes sense. I, uh... <laughs> I don't know. And the bear has to be reincarnated into a sword. I guess that was my issue was if you're gonna make me that sad over the loss of a character, which I was, make it worth it. And it just wasn't. So instead of sad, I was angry. That this bear died yeah. for no reason. That is a heart sword now, I guess. That's cool. I'm now a sword and I'm now inside of you. I... It's like he's a god now. I mean, is that really death? <laughs> he's also he's a god being reincarnated into a sword. But then he like gets absorbed into his pseudo son, so he's essentially just living inside of his child, and it's weird. 
<laughs> no, what's going to be really weird is when they start a family. I mean, they're going to be up yeah. in the middle of the night and you're just going to hear, keep going, son. You're doing great. Oh, ah! no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's that's the issue of that. It does take away the choice from him, the choice of between the animal world and the regular human world. Oh, well, dad's got, well, where's the choice here? Just live with your regular dad now. There's no conflict there anymore. The decision was made for him by a sword. I feel like killing off Kumatatsu is is very is a very cheap thing to do. Mm. Specifically so there doesn't need to be a choice at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess So I guess Joey as someone who was higher on the third act than I was. <laughs> how do you get around that plot point? They didn't kill Komatetsu. He's reincarnated into the sword. Reincarnation involves dying. I do. I do like the. I do like the like the the girlfriend essentially telling Ren like, "Hey, I love you," and he's just like, "I need to absorb the force energy of this." Blah 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 blah. That was very very anime. I like how you're complaining about a movie is not very good because it's too anime. That makes me laugh. <laughs> Even animes have cliches. Because I mean, they they build up that. Ichiro, in the end, has all of these powers, so he can turn into a whale simply by seeing something. I mean, my God, he he had force energy, big arms that turn into... and is able to transcend that power into the human world without explanation. I mean, at some point, you just have to be like, okay, well, I mean, it's fantasy story, and they're already in a beast world, so at least I can... I can run over here and, and... try to understand what what they think in the end i i don't like also where you know they do say at the end like well and he never went back into the beast world again it's like why like he's he's found he's found the balance if he wants to go back and forth and visit his other two surrogate dads i don't see the harm in that yeah but his girlfriend was welcomed there like yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah why didn't he ask her to move to the beast world it's literally a 10 minute walk from her house you can can get an apartment by the alley like you can just go back and forth it's okay you can commute back and forth it's fine go visit your dads but yeah like like I'm only going to keep my one dad in my heart but the other two that helped raise me and were actually nicer to me during the whole thing let's just ignore them Uh, (laughs) Tadara the monkey monkey apathetic dad is not necessarily nicer to him. He kind of just tells him to go away for a decade. (laughs) Um, But Joey, I do need to actually approach you saying that I'm complaining that the movie is too anime because anime can be anything that they want it to be. And I think the issue is that they're telling a even though it involves magical elements, they're telling a human story and the conflict itself needs to be one based in emotion more than external forces. This actually is very similar to one of the other choices we had for this month, which is Ride Your Wave, which has a very human first act and then it goes off the rail in the third to the point that you get a magical ghost creating a magical water wave down a skyscraper at the very end. And it doesn't work for the movie. There are plenty of ways, I think, that they could have made this movie better 
and still use the medium of animation to make it get established as better. Because this director has done that with a movie like Summer Wars or even The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, which were the previous movies to this. So, to just say, like, oh, the movie's too anime, I can't necessarily say that. It's more an idea that the movie is trying to hold up its big set piece at the very end on popsicle sticks, and it just doesn't work. You don't have the foundation there. And that can be any movie. Well, I mean, because we've already gone over the critique, and, like, they don't build up the main antagonist, or at least who ends up being the main antagonist. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of convenient plot points where they just, like, wrangle it all together. I would agree there. There wasn't a real payoff on what they set up, and what they set up was really good, and it really enthralled me. And instead of doing a payoff on what they set up, they just introduced something else entirely. I, I'm not sure I've seen that before, but yeah, that's a new level of disappointment. And, and the worst part about this movie, and I'm still going to say, Andy, when you said this movie has a decent soundtrack, disagree. I heard oh. that final credit song and read the dub of his like, with my concealed shotgun, I'm going to shoot the monster in the head. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't pay attention to the lyrics. I just like how it's <laughs> anime music is always so. The dialogue of all anime songs are always so bad. Oh, and Tony and dark. I listened to the end song and with the lyrics, I was like, "What is going on here?" You didn't like the Japanese Bon Jovi? Yeah, well, Joe- translation. Ugh. Joey, I will agree with you that the soundtrack to this movie is bad. And the soundtrack is entirely one ending credit song by Mr. Children. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that was. Yeah. I said in the credits of like, who, what character was this? But the score <laughs> yeah, is very good. The score sounds almost yeah. like a John Williams score. And it's very yeah. good, I think. I agree. Yeah, the score is very Disney-esque. That I could see the Disney comparisons with. The score was top-notch. So I guess kind of getting into the like final portions of this, and this will be more a thing that we will end up doing next month because there is actually a going to be a U.S. adaptation to it. But if this were remade in live action with, say, an American production company, do you think that they could necessarily pull it off regardless of if they needed rewrites or not? Or is this something that would just be so expensive that it just would not work in the end? And I will start with... I'll start from the bottom up. Let's start with Tina. (laughs) I don't think it would work. I, I just... I don't see it working. Just in general. I just know. Uh, how about you, Andy? I would give it to the director that did the 3D animated Cats movie. Because <laughs> fuck you all. Uh, don't do that to me. It's <laughs> rude. And Marwin, how about you? Is this something that needs design in it? It. I feel like it would absolutely work live action. That was one of the first things I thought when I saw the bear. That if we do this like where the wild things are, actual costumes and prosthetics and maybe some CG enhancement here and there. This could be a very beautiful live-action movie. An entire town and village of these people in costumes that resemble animals. I'd like that. The only thing really expensive would be that whale that's not necessary, and they could just write that out. And Joey, before we get to Daisy? Uh, I don't think it would be as expensive until the ending. I mean, the costume design will cost you money. 
Um, and I mean, there's a lot of dialogue that needs to switch around and be edited. And then some scenes need to be edited and rearranged. Like, for example, um, Yozin with Ichirohika, Ichirohoka. Um, that should take place where he meets him as a baby. They should be side by side. So Ren's story and Ichiro's story should be side by side in the beginning. And then that way you can at least develop Ichiro's character a little better. There's ways around, but I mean, essentially you're still editing the whole movie. It doesn't matter whether it's live action or not. Get Guillermo del Toro to do it. And Daisy finishing us out. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't see it being live action at all. I just, I'm not a fan of, um, well, maybe not a fan. I just, I like, I like having it be animated um, just because it's, it's a feeling, a vibe that I don't get from live action. And I want to maintain that vibe. Yeah, I can see that. You lose a little bit of the magic. Mm-hmm. Like the I... visual magic, not the whale. <laughs> a whale, do, huh? If they would, would they keep with Moby Dick in in an American version, or would they pick a different novel? But I also I agree with you, Daisy, to an extent. Because can we think of a movie that was an animated movie that's been made live action that's been made better? I mean, Beauty and the Beast is not better. Cinderella is not better. Um, trying to think, a Lion King is certainly not better. Although Lion King, you could still argue, is still animated. <laughs> no, it just is. There's no argument. There's not a single live-action piece in it. Um, Alita Battle Angel, I will give. That That started in yeah. animation. I thought the movie adaptation was very well done. Speed Racer. I'd agree with you, Tony, if we can cut out the whole useless love arc that just eats screen time for no good outcome. Mm-hmm. That whole love scene was in there just so they could cut him in half at the end, and you know it. Well, that it's in the... It's in the anime, too, so... It yeah. is, but in the anime, it's a lot more slowly developed, and they actually have things in common. <laughs> it's almost like they're a real couple. We'll probably get into watching the American Alita Battle Angel at some point and kind of flip this around, but I still think it's a fun movie. <laughs> so, I guess we'll get to final scores before I end up making an executive decision and I can... Uh, I can explain why I made an executive decision as well. So now we'll go top down. So Daisy, out of 10, what would you give this movie? I think I'd <clears throat> give it a seven because it's one that I would like to watch again. And I feel like the more I watch it, the more I'd like it, actually. Um, oh, I, one thing, though. I wish they had more of the fuzzy friend character. Chico. Yeah. Oh, I never answer. quite got closure on with that character. I didn't feel like it. <laughs> they like closed out that. Thought they were gonna blow enough. away before the girlfriend caught him. I thought he was just gonna blow away to not be seen for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so seven. Okay, and Joey, what would you give this? We'll not save you for last this time. I mean. I got to give it higher than Perfect Blue or Red Line, so I'd say at least a six and a half. I like the theme a lot, so I'd say six and a half. I'd say eight. It's While the story might be cliche and it might be a nine all the way up until the third act, 
it's the the musical score and the animation that keeps me coming. That's it's such it's so beautiful to look at and listen to. It's just a very pleasant movie, even if you cut out all the dialogue. So eight. I'm gonna give it a six and a half. The main reasons being the third act and also just one of the things that really bothered me I didn't mention before is just while there's a lot of reasons for the people in the human world to be interested in our main character, there's not enough development to return it. So it also doesn't seem to make sense why he chose that. We see why the girlfriend likes him, but we don't see anything he likes about her. And it's just kind of a weird thing. She's got to marry Sue. Yeah. Oh no, you do have the one scene where she's giving a speech and then you're you're oh in his God. point of view and it just slowly looks down at her figure. <laughs> yeah. So messed up. It's a weird <laughs> scene. Her whole character is just supportive girlfriend. Like that's just what she is in this whole movie. Life goals, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that train scene's exactly as it's intended. She's invested and he's thinking, How do I save my dad? <laughs> <laughs> So Tina, finish us out on your score. Um, I would give it like a seven and a half. Um, it's not perfect. It's a it's an okay movie. Like we talked about, it kind of falls apart a little bit by the end. But you know, it's not it's not the worst. It's not the best. It's a solid average, C plus, seven point yeah. C plus. Yeah, I can I cannot give a movie higher than a seven when an entire third of the movie is a problem. <laughs> so we'll certain we can certainly get into a a movie that is not a problem because unfortunately I do need to make an executive decision because originally my plan was to give a choice of movies that are based on previous properties um where i would have put on like the Yu-Gi-Oh movie maybe a bleach movie bebop movie such and such things but the problem there is most of the bleach movies are really bad the dragon ball z movies joey has already talked about hating dragon ball z so that's immediately just poisoned waters and I don't think anyone is really interested in watching a Yu-Gi-Oh movie. <laughs> no. Don't is worry. Backstory? Going to, I mean, know what you're going to say we're going to watch, and that's still poison to me, too. <laughs> so, then, my then I was going to go, well, there's a Demon Slayer movie in theaters that was actually, for the first time, the number one movie in America was an anime movie. Yeah. And oh, it wasn't... You terrible but the movie itself is canon so you need to watch 26 episodes of the series before you actually watch it to have it make sense that's just 13 that's... hours <laughs> and then i'm at, then you i would actively have to tell people to go to a movie theater because that's the only way you can see it right now no. so Ew, mine's still closed <laughs> so in the end we end up for next month watching the cowboy bebop movie knocking on heaven's door yeah and <laughs> so joey gets to see i would say the start of the cool anime era but that was the actual series so this is more yeah. like the continuation of the cool anime era and a dealing with a movie that got mixed reviews when it came out so there you have it. So who here has seen the Cowboy Bebop movie before? 
I have. I'll watch it again. You know my answer. Did you make me watch it? I don't remember. No, I have only made you watch the oh, Cowboy no, Bebop right, right. series. And right. that was effectively me showing you about three episodes. And then every time I turned it on, you just immediately went into your phone. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> she was hooked. Yeah, totally. And Daisy, have you seen the movie before? I have not seen the movie, and I'm only like partway through the first episode of the series. <laughs> it is a show that my brother really liked when we were growing up. But I, he always watched it when it was his TV time, and I was off doing whatever I was doing. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, so Joey, I know that the waters are poisoned because Cowboy Bebop was mentioned before, and you haven't watched it. You've only heard the name. So No, I've I watched like a minute of it in passing when you would when we were kids and you'd wake up at six in the morning when we shared a room and I'd be sleeping. <laughs> watching either Cowboys <laughs> or something or Gundam or So twenty years ago you may or may not have seen a bit of it and that has colored your entire opinion. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. Just half asleep, I hate this fucking trip. Yeah. <laughs> To be fair, if it was my chance to sleep in and Tony did that to me, I'd probably do about the same. So for next month, we will get into Cowboy Bebop. We will need some levity because the month after, we're doing Grave of the Fireflies. It will be another executive oh. decision, but it needs to be done. Sound happy. God damn it! Didn't <laughs> rip that bandaid off, huh? <sighs> I think I'll be gone that week. <laughs> Just let me know when we're planning to record. I need to preemptively drink for a week before and after. <laughs> but this has been Anime Explaining for the month of June. For July, we'll be doing Cowboy Bebop. So catch us then. And that's it from us. <laughs>